Hey guys, welcome to Soberish. I don't usually do intros before my episodes, but when I was editing this one yesterday, there were just a couple things that I thought, oh, I wish I would have said this up front at the beginning of the episode. So if you have been listening to the last few episodes of this podcast and you're into it because it's about addiction, there is going to be a little bit of a format change. It's still going to be about addiction, but it's going to be a lot more about things specific to whatever bullshit trip I'm on that week. And this week is a lot about the nature of consciousness and spirituality type stuff. So if that's not your cup of tea, you can just jump ship right now. For those of you that are into that sort of thing, I know there have been requests for me to kind of dive deeper into this stuff. And I did dive deeper into it, but when I went back to listen to it, I'm quite defensive uh, multiple times in this. And I felt like nothing is better when dealing with defensiveness than to then also address the defensiveness. So I'm now being meta defensive by defending my defensiveness, but I just kind of wasn't a defensive energy. I kind of get into why that is, but I think this is something that I'm obviously insecure about and feeling uncomfortable kind of being out in the open about. And so I'm definitely defensive multiple times during this and it, it made me uncomfortable and it made me kind of like, oh, I just shouldn't release this. But instead, I decided to just make it as awkward as possible up front and then release it anyway. So here it is. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, welcome to Soberish, the repetitive addiction podcast. <laughs> that was for the person who left that comment on Apple. So for you, have I got a surprise because this is not repetitive. For everyone else, if you became a fan of this podcast because it is an addiction podcast, my bad because we're about to switch things up. Welcome to season two of Soberish. The first season was four episodes long and now we are about to pivot. I started Soberish because I felt like I should do a little bit of my own thing. I have another podcast with Aaron Woodall called Mormon and the Meth Head that you should listen to and you should start at the beginning. But that's really a podcast about a journey between us and our fan bases are kind of a, a strange intersection that... I felt like I should have something of my own that was more specific to me. And I made the decision to make it an addiction podcast for a couple reasons. Number one is it was supposed to be a collaboration with someone else, and then that didn't work out. But the other reason was because this was the safe thing. This was the safe Jessa thing that I was comfortable putting out there. And what happened was... I feel like it was very obvious. It was very obvious to me. Brian says it wasn't that obvious, but it was very obvious that I wasn't super passionate about it. Also pretty obvious that I'm not that good at interviewing people. And so we recorded probably 10 episodes and I just didn't feel like I was doing the right thing. And I wanted to just pull the plug on it altogether. And I got universally talked out of that. And what I was kind of trying to avoid was being fully honest and having a podcast where I talk about the things that I really think about and I really do openly. So if you are a fan of mine and you follow me when I go on other people's podcasts and you've ever heard me go on like Tinfoil Hat or Paranormal Karen or uh, Into the Gray with Natalie Gray, you've heard me tell kind of a more open version of my near-death experience and kind of my understanding of spirituality and supernatural powers and everything else. But when I'm on my own podcast, I know that we have a, a big listenership of atheists because I share the podcast with an ex-Mormon, and I never want to trigger them or offend them or also have them think I'm crazy. And... That has become a huge theme in my life, is, is being afraid that people think I'm crazy. So I'm going to kind of go back to the beginning and tell my story and kind of how all of this came together and how I ended up in this moment right now. 
in 2000 while on drugs. And I covered this a little bit in the first episode of season one, but I glossed over it. As a kid, I always felt like there was something more. I felt like the reality that we were presented seemed fake. It seemed like there was a curtain somewhere. It seemed like a movie or something. Like That was a sensation I had my entire life. And there was a hunger and a searching for something supernatural. Uh, That led me to a bunch of places. That led me to looking into um, astral projection when I was 13, had me looking into ESP, had me looking, had me become a born again Christian when I was 16. And I couldn't find it. I hadn't, I hadn't found it. And part of why I started doing drugs was disillusionment with the reality that I had been presented. Something about meth made me feel like I got behind the curtain, like I was getting behind the curtain. And part of that, I think, was just because a full-blown drug addict lives according to a different set of rules. Time is different. Responsibilities are different. You kind of get outside of that nine-to-five American dream bullshit that we are really collectively outside of now compared to what it was back then. But it felt like an escape. And I had a near-death experience, and during this near-death experience, I went and was a part of a big blue ball of light, and I was a part of it. And suddenly things like energy and vibration, words that I had heard, they didn't get thrown around like they do now, but I'd heard them before and had no idea what they meant. I believed myself to be a backslidden Christian at this point. I believed that God was real, and I just wanted to sin. And now I'm in this blue ball of light. I don't have a body. I'm a part of the light. And this is home. I'm positive that this is home. I'm positive that this is the place that I have longed for in the background my entire life. And the ball of light tells me not with words, but in vibration, and I understand it, that I did what I came to earth to do. I learned what I went to learn You can go back to Earth if you want. You can stay here at home. But if you want to go back to Earth, we have something cool you could do. And the thing that I had learned that day before I had the near-death experience was that nothing outside of you, good or bad, could affect you in any way other than you chose to let it. And this is duh these days, right? But this was groundbreaking shit in 2000. Like, people didn't talk about this shit. Nobody that I had ever been exposed to. When I say nobody talked about this stuff, it was nothing I'd ever been exposed to. I think The Matrix had already come out, but I was on meth. I did not see The Matrix. I think a lot of these ideas were in that movie. But I decided to come back, and I was suicidal for a while because I couldn't. The bliss in the blue ball of light was too fresh. I could still remember it and it was kind of haunting and I I wanted to die. There were strange circumstances surrounding all of my suicide attempts. Just like hung myself from a bathroom door and woke up in my bed and the thing that I had hung myself with was gone and nobody remembered putting me back in my room, stuff like this. Took a bunch of pills, woke up three days later and then I realized I'm trapped. And shortly after that, I started being guided. And this is what like new age people will call them guides. I have affectionately called them aliens always because they kind of look like aliens to me. They are see-through energy, but they have a shape and it's almost plasma. It's like thick ass energy and they don't have feet, but other than that, they look like aliens. They kind of float. They don't walk. But They existed in my dreams, and they existed near me all the time. Now, granted, I am on meth, and I could just be suffering. I'm not currently on meth, but while this is happening, this could just be meth-induced schizophrenia. So there's a disclaimer. Please don't make me say it at the beginning of every single sentence. There's a disclaimer for the rest of what I'm about to say. Things that the aliens taught me. For a while, it was just about hearing how to listen to people, how to hear people, how to hear their thoughts, how to hear their trauma, how to hear their programming. And I say hear, but it's not audible. It's like almost there's like a different set of senses that feel like seeing, hearing. Uh, They're all feeling, though. It's hard to describe. The clairvoyance type whatever, I think is what they're called. 
So this involved them giving me messages to tell people. And these messages were hardcore. These messages were like, the reason that this love isn't working is because of something your dad, you have to forgive your dad for what he did or whatever. That's the one that stands out. But they were always about trauma and accomplishing the thing that you wanted, like blocks, stuff like this. This wasn't the first time in my life that I had this gift. I, while in Christianity, had operated in this gift. It just kind of showed up and suddenly I could see things in people and could tell them things. And I got caught doing it uh, while ministering to girls in a girl's prison and got pulled into an office and told that because my husband wasn't operating in that gift, I wasn't allowed to operate in that gift because Christians are uh, misogynistic shitbags sometimes. So um, it kind of went away after that. And now there was a resurgence of it, and I was being trained in how to use it. When I was asleep, these aliens were with me every night. I used to call it dream school. I went on Tim Dillon's podcast last year, and and he named it Alien School, and I thought it was funny, and that's why it's called Alien School now. And during this dream school, I was taught things like how to move things with my eyes and how to levitate and... I know how to do those things. I can't do them yet, but I can feel the sensation of doing it. I know that before I die, I will experience doing that. But like we haven't leveled up to that point yet, if that makes sense. But I've been like trained in how to do all these things. And I learned how to see energy. I see it like constantly. Like if if you could see what the world looks like out of my eyes. And this could just be the consequence of a lot of psychedelics. But if I just stare up at a ceiling for a while, it's eventually just like if you were on acid, just bubbling and moving around and spinning around. I see people outside of their bodies all the time. I was taught how to deal with ghosts and demons for some reason everyone is so afraid of. They don't matter at all. I was taught all of this stuff. Things that I was told by the aliens, by the the ball of light, was that Earth is a stage that we come and play games on, and that we all collectively are a part of that ball of light or other balls of light, and that we are God. All together, we are God. And we come down here, and we have been every iteration of life on this planet. So at one point, we were running around Earth pretending to be dinosaurs, and Sometimes we're on earth and we know that we're gods and other times we're on earth and we have done an amnesia thing to where we forget we are gods. And that's kind of the game that we've been playing. The game was described as a fear-based, dichotomy-based reality where we don't remember who we are. That's three-dimensional. And by three-dimensional, I mean um, that's like the, the, the level of consciousness, the amount of aspects to the game. And we are coming out of that game and evolving into another game. But there's something about the way that reality exists is that it's seamless. There will never be one big hard switch. It's almost like we're playing this one movie and someone rewrites the end, but then the script has to flow into the end. And so we are like waking up is what I call it. And this all sounds so woo-woo and crazy, but I just want to give a couple examples of how it's not actually that woo-woo or crazy. When the aliens described the reality that they were going that we were going into, they said that the dichotomies would cease to exist. Good, bad, right, wrong, um, male and female. And when they said male and female would cease to exist, mind you, this is 2000. And you have to really think back to what the collective consciousness was in 2000. But when I heard this, I thought, are people's dicks going to fall off? Like, I didn't understand, what do you mean male and female will cease to exist? And they refer to it as a parameter of the game. And I think construct is a better word, but that's exactly what happened. And that happened in like two years that that construct started to dissolve because it doesn't actually exist. And people are still arguing about it. But the male and female roles 
those roles that we played were fake. They were fake. The things that we assigned to them are not, and I don't want to get into a big conversation about this, but the way that they described it as parameters of the game, as a fake dichotomy that will cease to exist, and now that has happened, and there's nothing magic about it. There's nothing crazy woo-woo about it. It's like, oh, yeah, that was a self-limiting belief. You know, that was a belief, that was a costume that we wore for so long, and it doesn't actually matter. You do actually get to be whatever you want. Another thing that they said that seemed insane was that my generation, and I'm X generation, would live to be about 150, and that all the generations after that wouldn't have to die unless they wanted to. And that still seems a little bit crazy, but not if you really pay attention to the scientific developments that are happening. There are already people tossing around that possibility that millennials will not have to die. And I don't think that that is going to be... There is a lot of stuff from the aliens about our bodies will change, the earth will change, our bodies will change to evolve with the earth. And, you know, then they started talking about climate change and global warming. And I don't want to get into that either. I have theories about what that is. And I don't know what will happen. Maybe it will end up being that we don't have to die because we end up with half robot parts. That's not outside of the realm of possibility. But what I have found is that most of these things, as they come true, they're coming true in a way that isn't that magic. Because once that higher plane of existence kind of comes into the collective consciousness for everybody, it's just not that big of a deal. Another huge example was they said that aliens and UFOs are all over the place all the time, but they're higher dimensional beings. And until you have higher dimensional perception, you can't see them. And as time has progressed, and as we have started to evolve into higher dimensional programming, we are starting to see these UFOs. And now the government is even like, yeah, 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 there's UFOs everywhere. And if you had said that 10 years ago, I don't know about 10 years ago, 20 years ago when the alien said this, people would have lost their fucking minds. But now it's just gotten to the point where we've just, our consciousness has evolved to these higher levels to where it's like, yeah, of course there's UFOs. It's so strange that 20 years ago we were like, no, there was definitely a dude who died on a cross and came back out three days later. But there's no fucking way that there was aliens. That's insane. So um, when I tell this story, usually I kind of leave it at that. Unless I go to a podcast like Tinfoil Hat or Karen Rontowski's podcast, Paranormal Karen. I dip into a little bit more stuff with my podcast, uh, Mormon and the Meth Head, but I'm pretty self-conscious about it. I'm self-conscious about being lumped in with new age people because I do judge them like crazy. And I'm afraid of losing the respect of my more scientifically minded friends. I'm afraid of being considered a basic bitch that, that believes in astrology. And I try to ride the line. And I have done that for a long time and I've been very successful in that. I continued to assist people in kind of an awakening after I got clean, and I just wouldn't bring it up unless it was relevant to the person I was talking to. Tons of people have known me for a long time, and if they weren't the kind of person that wanted to talk about that sort of thing, they would never know that I was. And 2012 was kind of a big year with that stuff, I think that's when the what I would call the fourth dimension came online. So to explain that, the fourth dimension, I know some people consider the fourth dimension of is time. So a lot of these words are interchangeable. And since there isn't a gigantic collective of people that are talking about this, we're using different words for different things. But when I refer to dimensions, I'm referring to um, kind of aspects of the game that have come online. And the fourth dimension is what I call the ether. Other people call it the astral plane. And how I describe it is it's a place. I think it's the place where we actually are. I think I experience my body as kind of like an avatar and we actually are somewhere else. The video game, as it was described to me by the aliens 20 years ago, is both what is called like RPG, like a role-playing game, 
and first-person shooter. So first-person shooter is the kind of video games where you're seeing... This is all I know about video games. That you're seeing out of the eyes of the player. And so it's very limited what you can see, but it's very exciting. And that is the reality that you are experiencing in your body through the ego. And the RPG aspect of yourself would be like the higher self version. And that is the part of you that's somewhere else, high above, can see down, the macrocosmic version of yourself that can strategize and decide how you, what you want to experience and kind of pick and choose your adventure. Separate, it's um, your higher self doesn't have the attachments. And the point of the game at this stage would be to learn how to toggle between the RPG version of yourself and the first person shooter version of yourself. Also learning how to manage the controls in the RPG version and also developing these extra senses that we are trained to taught to ignore and disregard our entire lives. So once again, could be schizophrenia talking, but there are a lot of people who want me to lay this all out. So this is me laying it out. Uh, right around the Mayan calendar ending, which people liked to talk shit about. But there were a lot of people on the planet who uh, knew what was happening at that date. And it appeared to have happened. But when I describe the ether, my favorite example is when you're talking to someone and they're lying, but they're kind of lying to themselves, like they're self-deceiving a little bit. A lot of times it's like when they're justifying why they got to break up with their girlfriend or why they have to get this new job or buy this new car. And you can hear them lying. That place, if you follow back, like if you really like pay attention, like observe, how do I know that they're lying? You feel it. You feel it in a way that it's like you're hearing it. That place is the ether. And I think we're all there together. And we are interacting there. And we are communicating telepathically. And that's why lying now is dumb because everyone can hear it. But people don't know that they're hearing it. Nobody was told like, hey, there's a new, we got a new update. And now we can hear each other. Now we are all telepathically communicating. So now people are just anxious. They're socially anxious. They don't want to be around each other. They want to isolate. They don't know why they're picking up on everyone's energy. It's really hard to be around people that are pieces of shit. And nobody knows why it's happening. They're having all these sensations. They're not being taught what to do with these sensations. So it's happening to everybody, pretty much everybody, but we're not talking about it. We're, we're saying that this, isn't, this doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist in a place that you can see, touch, or taste in the physical realm. So that is the fourth dimension. The fifth dimension, I don't... It's the thing trying to come on board. This is according to my understanding. This is the thing trying to come on board right now. It's, a, it's an update we are trying to get to. And it has to do with love, but is a love that we can't perceive. It's not anything to do with what we perceive to be love. My understanding from a recent conversation with the aliens. This would be, I think, the first time I've ever admitted on a podcast that I still talk to aliens. Um, my understanding is that it is the experience that I had where I was inside the blue ball of light. I was a part of the blue ball of light, but still myself, that kind of combining of energy, merging of energy, that that's what 5D love is. And that we will all have the ability to do that with whoever when we get there, but that we have to dump all of this 3D love trauma and programming to get there. So most people are right now in a phase of processing childhood wounds, dealing with codependency in relationships, dealing with attachment uh, stuff in relationships, dealing with broken hearts, dealing with just kind of love themed stuff, self-love, self-esteem, all of this tied up programming. Because so long as we have all these trust issues and fear-based love programming, we're never going to be able to step into that. And so we are kind of bouncing in and out of it occasionally. And that is my understanding of where we are currently at. I don't get briefed on 
I don't get briefed much on dimensions until we get closer to that one. So uh, as far as the fact that I still talk to aliens and, and have never admitted that, I think for a long time it was good that I was able to walk between the worlds and it was comfortable for me. And there's just no point. Like there's really no point in having these conversations with people who can't. If you try to talk about this stuff to somebody who's not ready, who's not like tuned into that, it just sounds like wah, 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 or the babblings of a crazy person. There's no point. You cannot evangelize this. The only people that will understand what I'm saying are people who are already experiencing it. And... Some people enjoy hearing it because it just sounds interesting and weird, but I'm really saying this for people who are having this experience already, and I think that this is why I'm supposed to start talking about this. It has been a rough few months. I, I, I started talking about it on podcast, not on purpose, and then I got so many emails and messages from people who had near-death experiences or who were tuned into this, who are having these changes, who were suddenly had gifts that they didn't understand and the anxiety and the depression and the clearing of the programming. And it is way more than anyone who's a fan of my comedy is people who are resonating with this. And there came a point where I told the original story as many times as I could. I, I went as far as I could go without saying, hey, yeah, I'm still having these experiences. And I didn't think I ever would. I would tell you one-on-one -on -one privately. And if you know me and you're close to me and you're into this stuff, then you know this stuff about me. But in the last month, probably, I've had a series of life experiences that really kind of pushed me to make the decision to get honest. And if you've heard me on podcasts, I love to shit on new age gurus. And here is my stance on that. A lot of them do rub me the wrong way. A lot of them are saying the right thing. There is a vibe that bothers me. It feels like a matrix program got the right info or something. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it could just be a personality thing for me. There are a ton of like tarot readers that are uh, awake as hell on Facebook that I watch or YouTube that I watch all the time that I'm really into. But then there just are a lot of like popular new age gurus that drive me nuts. Here's my issue with gurus. No part of this involves gurus. No part of this involves like the age of the guru is dead. There is no religious leader that's going to lead you to the promised land. There is no person who's going to give you answers and, and give you salvation. Any kind of dependent relationship created by a teacher is not it. It's not it because it's literally inside of you. Like the place that we are trying to get to literally exists inside of you. And if you are trying to get to it, through my words and through my understanding, it's not going to work. I don't resonate with anything unless I've already experienced it. If you follow me, you know I talk about reality transurfing a lot. The reason that reality transurfing was a huge deal to me was because it was a validating confirmation of a series of things I had figured out on my own. And if I had read reality transurfing, and that's not even to imply that I fucking read it by now. But if I had found it before I had already developed my own system for jumping timelines, creating reality, before having experienced this kind of trial and error, I wouldn't have understood anything that it said, and I wouldn't want to understand anything it said. And that's kind of the issue that I've been dealing with recently, is I've had a lot of people wanting proof and wanting me to show my work and it's not coming from a place of them resonating with me. It's coming from a place of proving what's real. And I think it's all real. I think everything's real. And I think everything can be a lot of things. And I get asked, how do you know that you don't just have mental illness? Like that this isn't just because you did so many drugs, your brain is burned out. And I think that's probably it. I think it's possible that enlightenment and that can go hand in hand. And here's an example of that. The next episode of Soberish will be me talking about realizing that I'm codependent. So I don't want to spoil it too much. But 
18 months ago, I met somebody, and within a couple days of knowing each other, we both had a pretty solid knowing in the same way that I know things, you know, that I know things through the ether, that I knew that this person came into my life because they had keys to me. And I used words like uh, that they would remove an armor, that they had missing pieces of me and I had missing pieces of them. And as the result of that connection, of knowing that this person has this, I became so insanely codependently attached to this person that I then developed an unhealthy obsession with them and this very addictive personality showed up but like ran in the background in a way that I didn't even know was happening. I was having very obsessive thoughts. It was causing insane amounts of anxiety and depression and I was acting way out of character and I was thinking way out of character and everything that I believe and all my usual symptoms for self-soothing and dealing with feelings, nothing was working and I was miserable. I was fucking miserable. Anyway, at the end of it, we break up and the breakup was awful. And during the breakup, I mean, we did a really good job at the breakup, but it was extremely painful. And during this, I end up finding out that I'm codependent. And something that codependent people do is believe that the person they love, the person that they are codependently addicted to was faded, that it was some magical destiny connection that was... It has those same sensations that I had. And finding out that I was codependent shined a huge light on a big shadow part of me, which is that I'm actually very sensitive. If you follow me, you, you probably have led, been led to believe that I'm very logical and I'm not ruled by emotions and I don't have a lot of feelings and I don't care what people think about me. And what I didn't know is there was this whole shadow version of myself that is actually quite sensitive and quite emotional and very much needs love and doesn't know how to deal with love. And this awareness, because now I can look and see it where it has affected so many different areas of my life. And this awareness is a key to me. It is a key to me. It is going to change. It is already completely changing my life. By the time I am done doing the recovery of codependency, I will be a completely different person capable of a much deeper level of love. And this is going to open up a million, already has opened up so many areas of my life. So it was codependency. It was a trauma-induced reaction to rejection that caused me to have these feelings of faded whatever, but also those feelings of faded destiny that this person had keys to me also was true. And those keys were the codependency. He triggered that codependency that brought it to the surface so that I could realize, well, I'm codependent a lot. This is my same thought with what if it's mental illness? What if what if people who do DMT do go see whatever machine gods, but it's just drug-induced? I think it's both. And I might be schizophrenic. I might have permanently fried my brain, and I think that I have probably permanently fried my brain in a way that makes it very easy for me to experience these extra sensory things. What's wrong with it being both? Here's my issue with the, is it real? I did an interview recently that I can't really get into what it was, but it ended up kind of leading into me talking about me feeling like I was trying to prove something. And my my general thing is like, I can't prove it to you and I don't care to prove it to you. You need to have your own experience. And if you haven't had your own experience, then I don't know what to tell you. But this kind of ended up me trying to prove supernatural things that I've experienced. And it got really, it felt really gross. I felt really uncomfortable. And I went to the bathroom and was just kind of, you know, bitching to the aliens or whatever. And the aliens were like, it's arrogant to think that higher dimensions need to come down here and prove themselves to the lower dimensions. We don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck if you don't believe in us. It doesn't make any difference to us. You're like the past. The future doesn't need to prove itself to the past. Don't believe in it. Stay here. 
But the exact nature of getting to the higher dimensions is learning how to prove to believe in yourself and believe in your own feelings and your own experiences. And it's terrifying and it's awful. And I think all the time, what if I'm nuts? What if I end up in a, in a psychiatric hospital by the time I'm 50? Like, what if I'm traveling too far over to the other side? But the reality is, is that I've yet to see a negative effect on my life. I'm like, the day that my life gets out of control, the day that I'm running through the streets naked, I'll consider going a different way. But so far, I've only seen improvement on my life. And I've come up with some crazy ideas to do some crazy stuff when I was on drugs. But most of the stuff the voices in my head are saying is good, healthy stuff, helpful stuff, eye-opening stuff. And what seems strange to me when people are challenging the beliefs of people who aren't 100% grounded in the 3D reality is what is it that you would have me do? You definitely have me shamed to a point where I don't want to admit that. Like definitely for sure, I want to stay quiet. But should I ignore my own experience and my own reality as I experience it and only believe in things that other people confirm for me to be true? Because that feels like schizophrenia to me. That would make me feel crazy. How am I supposed to ignore? Yes, I have voices that talk to me in in my head. They're not audible. But I also have people that I telepathically communicate with. And it seems to work. And then when I say that to somebody, they're like, well, can we do an experiment? Like, you want me to do a number or a color? And I don't know how to explain to you that that is very 3D shit. I'm sure there are people who have sharpened that skill to the point that they could do that for you. But fucking why? Like, why do I need to do that for you? Just don't believe in it. There's something, it's a different language. It's a different experience. It's about a flow. It's about energy. This is the premise of true astrology, not horoscopes and everything that everyone likes to talk shit about. But true astrology is about the flow of energies and learning to speak this language about this is a fast energy, this is a slow energy, this is a dense energy, this is an emotional energy, this is a cold energy. And I don't think the planets are ruling our lives, but I think that astrology is the beginning of us learning to articulate the language of energy, because that's what my understanding is what we are and what we are becoming. And we're going to identify less and less with this physical dense body and this very fear-based first-person shooter reality. We are learning about energies and flows. And these are things that you can look through if you... I don't know why I feel like I'm talking to skeptics right now as if they are listening to this. But I actually got an email this morning from someone who was like, how do you know you're not crazy? And so I guess I'm talking to you person who sent that email. I don't. I think I might be. I also haven't seen any evidence that it's a problem. Everything I look at, I think that everything is true. I think for a person who is born Mormon and dies Mormon, Mormonism is true. And I think the compulsion to make them believe the same thing is strange. I think that it's strange that we're all so hung up on what is real. I think in the end, we're going to find out fucking all of it was real because all of it was just what we perceived. And I get that we were hurt by religion and we were traumatized by religion, but religion was never about trusting yourself. It was never about trusting your experience with God. It was about taking that tiny spark of an experience with God, that tiny knowing inside of you that there's something more besides what we're seeing and somebody exploiting that and tying it to fear and shame and using it to control you. And I know that that's not all religion, fucking who cares, but largely that's what it was. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you experience some of the things that I'm talking about, I hope that what I talk about resonates And makes you feel heard. If you don't resonate with what I'm talking about, then we're probably just not on the same wavelength. And my wavelength isn't right and yours is wrong. I don't need to prove my wavelength or justify my wavelength to you. I have seen in the last year so many people who used to think what I talked about was crazy 
overnight be like, boom, tuned in. And I believe that I don't know what it is. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I've recently started perceiving timelines. That's not anything I ever understood before. And then I just could feel them. I could feel them. I could feel myself on them. I could feel myself moving from one to the other. I can feel the trajectory at the end of it. I can feel how this is going to turn out. And I don't know how to control it. I'm trying to learn where the controls are. I'm trying to perfect these extra senses. And I am having a completely different life experience than people who don't believe in any of this, than people who need proof. And it's getting to the point where I can't even speak that language anymore because I'm just operating with a completely different set of rules. I'm operating under different universal law. My prediction is that in 10 years, this conversation doesn't happen anymore because there will be a merge between science and spirituality. I don't think woo-woo is really that woo-woo. I think that there are people who are tuned into things before they become, before all the dots are connected. And then once all the dots are connected, everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like that's happening at a rapid pace right now. I think a lot of the things that... I get that I'm hearing that are kind of, you know, whatever being communicated to me by otherworldly beings. I don't think that that's going to be a crazy thing to say in 10 years. I think that a lot of dots are about to be connected. All of us are going to a higher level of consciousness. Here's the thing. If I had described to you the cell phone in the 80s, if I had told you that beings told me that you would have something in your pocket that would give you the ability to navigate anywhere you wanted to go, talk to people, send each other videos, you know, jerk off to, to stepsister porn. Like you wouldn't have, I was just curious if Brian was listening. Oh, I can't believe you didn't turn it off. Um, I think that if I would have told you about the cell phone 20 years ago, it would have sounded like fucking sorcery. And if I didn't know that it was a cell phone and just told you that we would have the ability to know all of these things, right? So I do think that technology is probably a huge piece of it. I do think that a bunch of the things that I thought were going to be very supernatural and cool are actually going to be mundane and boring and duh by the time that they get here. I do think that there are people among us who are living in higher dimensions. I used to think that I was in the first wave, but I've given up on that. I think there are people living amongst us in 6, 7, and 8D, and that that is in a separate place that we're all walking among each other, but that they have more, more layers that they can deal with. And so they have more capabilities to do things and bring things to themselves. And that there are also people living on way lower dimensions than maybe you listening to this. And you don't really cross paths. They're the people who are always around, but you never interact with. They feel like extras in the movies. And if you did try to talk to them, it's already gotten to the point now where I try to communicate with people who I used to have a connection with. And we're just living in two completely different realities. And... I am connecting with people who I didn't used to know, but who I can talk to about the flow of the energy and the blockage of the energy and the portal and the timelines and the trajectories and all of these things that I feel. And I guess I'm going to stop hiding it. I guess people can think I'm crazy. I, for the most part, I'm usually about 18 years ahead of my time. Seems to be the gap seems to be closing and I'm just going to have to wait until I'm 60, which, you know, I'll still have 90 years to live after that. Is that good math? 90 years? Yeah. Before everybody tells me that I was right. Also, never nobody ever gets around to doing that. But um, I don't want to argue about it. And if it doesn't resonate, if this doesn't click, if this sounds like crazy shit, leave it. Leave it. Come back later if it does. Listen to it and laugh it how insane I sound, whatever. But I am not trying to convince anyone of anything. I am sharing a story, an experience that a lot of people are interested in and a lot of people resonate with. I cannot fucking believe how many people resonate with this. And so I'm sharing it for that purpose. So where do we go from here? 
whatever it is, a video game, a movie, there is a direct correlation between dumping your trauma and getting to the next level. I think as a collective, as we dump trauma and programming, we we level up and we make it that much easier. Like when each one of us hacks a program, I look at it like hacking. I found out I am codependent. I'm treating that like a bad, like a virus. And I'm just in here working on this programming. I'm writing over the disc. I'm not making it my entire identity and I'm going to be this forever, whatever. And I'm like, how do you fix this? This is how the program works. This is how you fix it. I got to find the inner child. For me, oh, we'll get into this in the, the next episode, but I treat everything kind of like a computer program, kind of like a video game. Sometimes I treat it like a movie. I don't know if it really is any of that. I don't know. If it stresses you out to think about this stuff, if this isn't fun for you, then that's just probably not what you should be doing. There are people like me who this is exciting. This is what I feel like I was put on this planet to do. This is all my brain wants to think about. And so that's what I do. It doesn't cause me discomfort. It doesn't make me want to lock myself in a mental institution. It doesn't make me hurt myself. I don't have any of those negative side effects. The only time I worry about whether or not I'm crazy is when I'm spending a lot of time pondering the reality of other people. But am I 100% certain? I don't know. Sometimes not. But... The part of me that isn't just feels like I need to be I need to be aware of the possibility that it's not true. I need to be aware of of all possibilities and open to all possibilities because if at some point there was some big blaring evidence, glaring evidence that I was wrong and that this is something I need help for, I want to be open to that. But everything in my reality points to points to that. And so I have to live my truth that seems so cliche and cheesy, but I don't know what else to do. I don't know what choice I have. It seems insane for me to go live a life and according to a reality that I don't experience, but other people experience to be true. If these things resonate with you, these are things that are happening to you. You're having these dreams. You're having these thoughts. Nobody can hold your hand. Nobody can do it for you. And it's a strange thing where we feel like we need other people to confirm our reality. You ever like get in a fight with somebody and then you need to go tell other people about the fight so that they can confirm for you that you were right? You know, it's that insecurity. It's that like you don't believe in yourself. Well, there's a direct correlation between believing in yourself, knowing yourself, trusting yourself, and getting to these higher levels. And so I can't justify to you my experience any more than you can do it to someone else. Like, no, I can tell you that I have these experiences, but you know, I'm a, a meth addict burnout. I could be crazy. Don't follow me by any fucking means. But if this is stuff that resonates, it is helpful to me when I come across, even though I usually don't like them as people, when I come across somebody um, talking about the higher dimensions. Because for years, I did, there was nothing. I found a couple books that were like weird. And I found them... This is like the first year, my first year with the aliens. I walked, some dude brought me into a house during a drug deal and he brought, uh, brings me in the house. I'm in there for like two minutes. And then I was like, you guys have a book for me here. And they were like, what? And I was like, you have a book. I was told you have a book for me. And they look at the guy who brought me and he's like, I didn't tell her that. And I was like, no, the aliens told me that you have a book here for me. And they were like, what the fuck? And they pull open this drawer and underneath something is like secret teachings of the ages. And I just tear through these books. I found one book called ET 101 that was weird. Like someone just brought it over to me. But there wasn't a lot about this. Now it's everywhere. Now there's people on fucking Instagram talking about it. And it is validating because I'm really getting this stuff from voices in my head. And there are some things that I'm putting together from other things that I'm reading I started describing the sensation of timelines. They felt like moving sidewalks. 
The first one I felt was in June 2017. Then I felt the sensation of getting knocked off of it and my my future being different and not being able to get back on it. And those of you that follow me know that I've been experimenting with things like two-cup method because we've really kind of passed on a lot of in a lot of ways, we've passed my understanding of what this game is. And so I'm just out exploring like a child. I'm out just trying to figure it out. And this is my dream reality. Like if at 20 years old, you would have told me that this is what my life would be. This is everything I ever wanted. I'm very happy. Even though I just found out a couple of days ago that I'm codependent and I have a bunch more mental uh, health stuff to work on, I love it because I'm treating this like leveling up. I let go of this old programming. I let go of this old trauma. I heal this old wound and I get to go to a higher level and I get to have more powers. And so far that all is true in my experience. And I can't make that be true for anyone else. And I'm not interested in making that be true for anyone else. I hope this is enough disclaimers because I feel like I do this in every podcast, and then when people come back and they're like, you talk about it like it's fact, and it's like, well, I mean, it's awkward to say it every single sentence, but I hope once every five minutes is good. So things are changing rapidly, and I'm having, I'm connecting a lot of dots. I'm putting a lot of puzzle pieces together. If you don't already follow me on social media, I share a lot of them in my Instagram stories. I'll be doing at least one alien school episode a month on this podcast. Of course, we'll still be talking about it on Mormon and the Meth Head. On Mormon and the Meth Head, I I get to have a a critical discourse with with Aaron, which is probably best because I'll float off into the universe sometimes. Um, Alien school, the video series is mostly just a joke. It's 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 me exploring whether or not it's schizophrenia or or enlightenment and those are just kind of fun videos but they'll have some some tidbits in there oh part of the story that I left out so this is kind of an interesting journey that I've been on for the last couple of months and a lot of it's kind of tied up in this breakup and and life changes and everything else but I decided to stop touring for a little bit because I felt like I needed to be closer to my kids. I felt like they were kind of being raised by my mom because I was on the road all the time and I needed to stay home. And I had done a dimension jump or a, I don't like the, it's called dimension jumping, but I don't like that language because I use dimensions to describe layers of consciousness. So a timeline jump. And I wanted to be financially independent of my ex-husband because he was still giving me alimony, whatever. And how that manifested was not like a cool new job came in that manifested like he lost his job and gave me nothing, no child support, nothing. And so now I'm in this kind of sink or swim space. And what happens to me when I'm insecure or things are changing fast and I haven't like adapted to a new level of being, I, I pivot, like I'll, I'll, um, compulsively pivot because I'm really good at pivoting anyway. If something's not working, I'll just switch and do something else. I don't give a shit. And, but I'll pivot, pivot, pivot. And I got to the point where I felt very ungrounded and I'd had this experience about mental illness and I did Sam Tripoli's podcast and there were a bunch of people calling me crazy on the internet And I felt like I really wanted to kind of hide that part of myself and I didn't want to go any further with that. Another thing that happened was I'm always shitting on new age people. I keep starting this and not finishing it. And then I was in a conversation with someone because it was Pride Month. I was in a conversation with someone about how how I see the guys who are super anti-gay And then you find out they're gay. And I used to think that they were pretending to be super anti-gay as a way to hide. And then recently I've seen it as a person fighting their own reflection. Like they are so partitioned off in shame from who they actually are that they really are fighting that because they are fighting themselves. And whenever I make a sweeping judgment about a group of people like that, I always stop for a second and, and think, where's that in my life? And the only thing I could think that I talk that much shit about is new age gurus. And this was all in this time where I was kind of in this place of like 
changing my brand. Soberish was about to come out. And Soberish just felt, it felt like it was time for me to make that move, doing something in addition to Mormon and the Meth Head that was just mine, that was local, that I could record whenever I wanted to record because Aaron and I live in different states. And the fact that I made it about addiction, rather making it about everything that I'm about, was a huge act of cowardice on my part. It was like it was like a false start. Like I started to do it and then chickened out. And so all these things were kind of coming together. I was having a lot of anxiety and I had kind of made a decision that I was just going to come out of the closet. And if people want to think I'm crazy, I don't really care, I guess, because the kind of people that think I'm crazy, not my cup of tea anyway. And I really don't, I don't care. There are people that I respect and they respect me. And I think they just accept that I'm weird. And I I don't think I'm shoving anything down anyone's throat, which is a, a big part of what is off-putting. And I, and I think I just need to stand. I need to put two feet on one square and the square that is true to me. And so... Um, I almost went and got a job selling cars and I can't stop thinking about it. I was just like, I'm going to go get a day job. I'm going to kind of just ground for a minute and live in reality. I hate stand up. I hate it. I have a very hate, hate relationship with stand up. I don't get the adrenaline rush that everyone else gets. I swear to God, stand up has come and gotten me so many times in my life because I try to run away from it. And so I was kind of in that space again where I was like, fuck stand up. I'll just get a day job. And then Karen Rontowski, who is my favorite tarot reader in the world. I had been watching tarot. This is actually how I found out I was codependent. I had been compulsively watching tarot on YouTube. And I used to do tarot a lot. And I'm not going to pronounce it tarot, so don't send me a fucking message about it. I had been... I don't like it. It feels weird. I had been going to therapy and very very obviously codependent now in retrospect. I think my therapist doesn't know what to do with me, but I just like four sessions into just a a codependent stream of consciousness and nothing from her. But then I watched a bunch of tarot videos and they were all like, there is a codependent energy watching right now to the point where I was like, how many of these fucking people are going to say codependent? And I Googled it and was like, oh my God. And so I love tarot. I love astrology. I love these things. Not, not because I'm a basic idiot, but because it's speaking in this language, well, maybe both, but it's speaking in this language about flow and energy and the energies influencing the experience and the trauma and the, it's all just my language. And anyway, so I'm talking to Karen and I was like, I haven't done tarot in a really long time, but this is my thing. Like, if you know me, you know that I, I oracle things all the time. I communicate with movie posters and I'll be thinking about something and a movie poster will have imagery that I have used to describe something else. And then I know from what I saw in the movie poster that that's the decision I'm supposed to make. And that sounds really schizophrenic, but it's actually works all the time for me. So I told her I'd been watching a lot of tarot and that it had, I'd had, it had a lot of impact on my personal growth at the time, but that also, I had really gotten to know the cards again. And she said, why aren't you a reader? Like you read everything. Like you are an oracle. Like why aren't you just doing readings? And that's what she does for a day job in addition to comedy. And I was really kind of surprised to hear that from her because I'm like in this like capitalist mindset of wouldn't that be competition? But she's not like that at all. But my answer in that moment, and this is as kind of everything was reaching a critical mass, was that if I did that, if I came out and said, I'm doing readings, I have two feet on the new age woo-woo square, and people are going to make fun of me, and people are going to think I'm weird, and I won't be able to deny it anymore, and I won't be able to sit at the cool kids table, and this was kind of the turning point for me. I think where all of these things came together in like 48 hours 
And I was like, why? Why though? Why am I why am I pretending to be something else so that I have respect from people who if they don't respect me either way, then I don't know what to tell you. It's not it doesn't I don't kind of believe what you believe to be true for me. I believe that it's true for you, but like why am I living in what you believe to be true? It doesn't make any sense. I'm not happy there. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And so that's my commercial plug for you can buy a reading for me at chesterreed.com. That's it. Make sure to follow me if you're into this. Cool. Subscribe to this podcast if you're not into this. There will still be addiction episodes, but this podcast is just going to kind of be about whatever bullshit I'm on that week. And a lot of it is going to be a different take on addiction, but I need to kind of find my stride here. Next week is going to be about the addiction of codependency. Jessa Reed Comedy at Instagram, on Instagram and Twitter. Jessa Reed on Facebook, but why bother? Follow this podcast at Soberish Pod on Twitter and Soberish Pod on Instagram. Not Soberish Podcast. Those guys still haven't given me their handle. Am I forgetting anything? Check out my podcast, Mormon and the Meth Head. Start at the beginning. You have to get through like 60 something episodes, but it's worth it. It's a journey. It's a story. If you're into mental health, religious indoctrination, spirituality, relationships, attachment, fucking all of it. And we'll see you next week. Bye.